The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening with us today. I'm so glad that you are joining us, and especially as you're with us as this holiday season um, is getting closer and closer, and it is a time where we celebrate the uh, turning of the darkness into the light. So I want to thank you also for your comments on Facebook on our Spirit of Recovery page. Thank you for liking us. And thank you also for letting your friends and the people that are in your recovery community, your unity community, your other communities, and your friends and family know about us here at the Spirit of Recovery. I am very grateful to have the opportunity to broadcast here on the topic of recovery and spirituality on unityonlineradio.org. And I love also hearing from you, getting your email, seeing what you post on Facebook, and uh, hearing what's happening for you in your spirituality and your recovery walk. And that always is inspiring. Every week we do bring you topics that are important to the recovery community and our guests are always people that are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative. My guests here are either people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or who are involved in spiritual growth and who have uh, learned from their own overcomings how to apply these spiritual principles and sometimes all of the above. We're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to us here on Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can, of course, listen live. You can listen uh, through your computer. You can listen through your smartphone. And you can access archives on demand. Uh, you can go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery and access lots of incredible archived programs and so we hope that you will do that i want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction 
or if you're the family member or friend of someone that's in recovery or maybe they're not in recovery. Perhaps you are in recovery as a friend or a family member or not, but uh, whatever the circumstance, you're very welcome here as a listener and a participant on the spirit of recovery. Maybe you're just somebody that's curious about the process of recovery and spirituality and you want to uh, learn more. We're very glad that you're here. And feel free to email us or call in with a comment or a question for our guest. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and also an Addictions Counselor. I'm a person who has, in my own circle of love and friendship, many people that do have the disease of addiction. And uh, over 32 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of my own personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since that time, my walk is an integration of the unity and recovery principles. And it's a walk that continues to transform my life in very rich and deep ways. And so I am very grateful for this opportunity, delighted to be able to share these ideas with you about spirituality and recovery. And again, also to hear what you're experiencing on your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, our topic is spirituality for the holidays, celebrating the return of the light. You know, the uh, winter holidays, if it's Christmas, Kwanzaa, um, Hanukkah, are all, they all have a different cultural meaning, but yet the, in terms of, of how they relate to this season and this time of year, they, uh, it's no accident really that they're located at this time of year because they all have to do with the return of the light. The winter solstice is coming up on the 21st. That's the longest night of the year. And um, uh, always people have celebrated that return of the light, that even though the darkness lasts so long on that one night, the light always comes back and the days begin to get longer um, at the solstice. And that's certainly a parallel with recovery. It's a parallel with spiritual growth because it's all about uh, discovering the light within us and learning to let that shine. My guest today, I know you're going to really enjoy what he has to share, is Guy Lynch. And Guy's going to share with us about the deep spirituality of this very precious time of year. And he's going to talk with us about some profound insights about darkness and light and about uh, the Christmas story. Guy is a unity minister, and he is dedicated to sharing the inclusive message of God's love for all people and the spiritual principles that have turned his own life from one of defeat to a life of success and happiness. Guy is the minister of unity of Beaverton, Oregon. He's also the president and founder of the Association of Practical Christians, and he's the host of his own online radio program called The Practical Christian, and that is nationally um, available on the internet. And you can learn more about Guy's work at www.practicalchristians.org and on Facebook and also at unityofbeaverton.org. So, Guy, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Well, it's an honor to be with you, Anna, and uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, in the short time we've known each other, I, I realize uh, your own high spiritual consciousness and also, um, your ability at facilitating communication, which I think is extraordinary. So it's a great honor for me to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm uh, glad, to, glad to be getting to know you too, Guy. Um, your spiritual mission really is to spread the all-inclusive message of God's love. And for uh, you've really been involved with that. And 
part of your mission is, uh, as you, as we know, you're he- the, you founded the Association of Practical Christians. Tell us a little bit about your viewpoint of Christianity, um, because sometimes, you know, we're, we all come from different places, and in recovery, you know, we really want to be sure that we allow people to define their own higher power, um, and I'm imagining that the way you define practical Christian is pretty inclusive. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it is inclusive, and but it's also uh, very much focused on the Gospels as opposed to Paul or or uh, and, and, and away from some of the more magical things and really into the very practical teachings of Jesus Christ, which are very, very uplifting. I think that, um, you know, as, as we focus on those Gospels and those teachings, it's, it's not a requirement to be a Christian to understand how uplifting these teachings can be. Um, but I think that the, uh, the idea of practical Christianity is taking the teachings of Jesus Christ and applying them practically in your everyday life, uh, that uh, for many of us, and certainly for me, uh, was a journey out of darkness at least towards the light, if we're not completely in the light at this particular point in time in our lives. Uh, but, you know, we can at least see light in the distance uh, out, of this, uh, out of this idea that we actually can practice principles like loving our neighbor, um, you know, uh, practicing the principles taught in the Good Samaritan story where, where you know, you're, you're a good neighbor to someone when you actually reach down and help them. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very much focused on the, uh, on the gospel teachings uh, in relationship to uh, Christianity, um, very much with the, the roots of unity uh, and Charles Fillmore's idea of what practical Christianity could be. Right, so it's a, not, not so much but the doctrines, maybe traditional doctrines of Christianity, but as you say about really living that message that uh, Jesus Christ lived, living those principles. Exactly. You know, I, I, I put up a, a blog uh, recently, and one of the comments was that I seem to believe in a watered-down Christianity, uh, apparently because I didn't focus on uh, Paul and being saved by the blood and, and all of these different kind of magical things from my standpoint. And, and to me, that's the part that actually waters down Christianity. The real meat of the matter in terms of Christianity is the actual teachings of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Share with us, if you would, how you have um, used those teachings in your own life. You, you know, you say obviously you've had some overcomings in your own life. Um, that's part of your story. How have you applied them? What difference has it made for you? Well, you know, I, I think it could be easily say, said that uh, you know the beginnings of my life were very much in darkness. Um, Growing up in an extremely dysfunctional uh, family, there was some abuse there. I won't go into great detail about that. Um, but the, you know, something that uh, a phrase that comes to my mind in regard to um, when you grow up in that in that kind of dysfunction is that it's very difficult when you reach adulthood to have a point of reference for how to live your life. Um, you know, it's it's you know you. you very rarely does a person make a mistake in life out of their understanding. Usually if you make a mistake in your life, it's out of your own ignorance. And there was a lot of ignorance in my early adult life just simply because I didn't have any real experience in life and I didn't have a point of reference on how to go forward, whether it be in relationship to vocation, uh, education, or certainly, certainly in regard to relationships. Um, so it was a very much a large learning curve for me. 
And it really wasn't until I found uh, this idea, I started to explore uh, spirituality, or I would say in my late 20s, early 30s, uh, I began to do some reading. I, I, I tried to read the Bible, very difficult thing to do if you don't have a good point of reference on how to do that. Um, but I read books uh, comparing Jesus and Socrates and Plato and, and so on. And uh, finally, I found um, unity, and uh, I started to, to find my way uh, that said that, um, you know, uh, there was more to me than I even knew, that there was actually a divine spark in me, that out of the darkness, out of the mess of my life, if you will, uh, in that, out of that darkness, uh, there is a light that is me in potential, what we call in unity the Christ, the perfect God idea of who we are, exists within me as potential waiting to be expressed. And so then I started to focus my attention on, oh, I can manifest the best part of me uh, by being aware, being open uh, to realizing that God is present to me always, and then reaching out to my neighbors uh, in, a, in a more functional behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what, how did that make your life different when you started doing that? Well, it's 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 very it's kind of a a, a very generic thing to be living your life kind of kind of um, it's kind of like um, a pinball machine when when the when the pinball goes up and it's bouncing off of those bumpers that's basically how I was living my life you know I didn't really have uh, any sense of direction uh, but you know when something would happen when some um, terrible circumstance would happen to me, then I would bounce off of that one and bounce off to the next. And I didn't have, again, a good point of reference for actually being aware of life, being aware of my environment, uh, being, being aware of who I was in relationship to God and being aware of who I was in relationship to others uh, to where I didn't have to live my life as, like a pinball machine anymore. But there actually could be a divine order in my life, one that has loving relationships, one, one that has a certain amount of abundance and security in life uh, and, and, as, and good health as well. Um, one, if you don't have a good point of reference, it's very hard to do things that are healthy even towards your physical body. So all those things have progressed over time. Um, uh, the more aware I become um, of, of what life is in relationship to how uh, God has created life as opposed to even how Guy Lynch would have life be. Right. You know, that I really love that. And it makes a lot of sense in terms of, uh, back to what you were saying earlier about practical Christianity and about actually living uh, spiritual principles because it's like, so, so often it seems like in our world we split off spirituality and sort of daily life, and those are like two really separate things, or religion and right. daily life. But, but, but what you're saying, I think, is, is that real spirituality is, is about knowing that presence of God in very concrete, very practical ways. Just sometimes people kind of say G-O-D, good orderly direction. Sometimes that's kind of a recovery <laughs> phrase. That's so. True. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? That it's God's present here and now in the in the every day. I think that's what you're saying, right? Well, exactly, and not only that. I mean, you know, it is the expression of God principle. But when I think of God, uh, I do not think of the guy in the sky. That's who I grew up with. You know, that you have to be very afraid of that man that lives uh, in the sky because if you get out of line, he's going to throw a lightning bolt at you or something like that. The God that I actually believe in is a God of principle. 
and principle works every time. Now, that doesn't mean that I have a knowledge of that principle, but I can learn about that principle. It's like the, the principle of electricity. Uh, I was once working, uh, I, I was installing exit lights for my father. Uh, he had a business uh, of fire alarms and burglar alarms, and one part of that was, was uh, putting up exit lights. And I was on an aluminum ladder, and um, I wasn't really an electrician. I was just basically cheap labor for my father. And um, I made a mistake, and uh, I was working with live wires, and I, I, I held them each, uh, and I was the, uh, the conduit of the electricity. Uh, 110 volts going um, uh, down an aluminum ladder and back up an aluminum ladder through my arms and legs. Um, now, that only happens uh, because I didn't quite understand the principle I was working with. Now that I understand that principle, I don't usually work with electricity on an aluminum ladder. <laughs> that's good. So, you know, I, that's, that's part of the learning curve. You understand what I'm saying? I am, and, I, and I'm glad you're still here to tell us that story. I'm glad you made it. Yeah, made well, it. you know, the, see, principle works even sometimes when you're still ignorant because what happened was I fell off the ladder and I broke the circuit. Uh-huh. So principle worked perfectly. But I, but you know, I did. I wasn't wasn't from my understanding. It was just that I fell off the ladder and broke the circuit. Right. Tell us another example of of how principle works every time. Well, you know the. Well, I guess you know you. I always think of the very practical things of life. In other words, you know, aerodynamics. Uh, I actually believe as a spiritual principle. Everything that works and that you can count on working, as long as you have all the elements of that principle in place, they always work. So if you have sufficient lift and thrust, the airplane goes up in the air. It has to be balanced on each side. Now, if the wing falls off, you are no longer in the principle of aerodynamics anymore. You see? And it's the same thing in life. It's the same thing in relationships. You know, there can be a balance in relationships of give and take. But when one side has more than the other and it's out of balance, then it ceases to be a spiritual relationship anymore. I, I hope I'm making the connection there. In other words, this all, all these principles translate all across the board and into the most mundane things of our lives. That's right. And so it's like when we – so principles always operating um, – Always, and we may or may not uh, be sort of in sync with it, or it's operating. But in alignment. We're not in right. alignment with it. Exactly right. so. That's exactly right. Yep. Right. At least that's so the way we, I look at it. Mm-hmm. For sure. So when we get those consequences that are unpleasant, it's, it's not that principle didn't work. It's that we weren't, we weren't aligned with it. But hopefully we learn from it, I guess. That's the yeah. thing. And, and, it's, and it's not God punishing us. It's just God doing what God does. You know, here's the principle. Now, if you're in alignment with it, it's going to work out really well for you. Great. Hang on. We'll be back. It's time for our break. And uh, we'll be right back. Listeners, stay with us. And we'll be back talking about celebrating the return of light with my guest, Guy Lynch. You are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. Looking for the spiritual in your everyday life? Searching for meaning in the meaningless? Check out the book, Rants to Revelations, by Reverend Ogan Holder. Using his characteristic wit, humor, and storytelling, Reverend Ogan brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of Rants to Revelations today from www.rantstorevs.com. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week. And start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. If you're just joining us, our topic today is spirituality for the holidays, celebrating the return of light. And so we're celebrating today and looking at this idea of how it is that life goes from darkness to light in all of the winter holidays. If it's Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, have to do with the celebration of the light. And that's no mistake because at this time of solstice, the darkest night of the year gives way to the beginning of the light coming back and the days getting longer. And that sure is a lot like the recovery process, that uh, finding the light within us and letting that light shine and expand. My guest today is Guy Lynch, and Guy is a Unity minister. He's dedicated to sharing the inclusive message of God's love for all people, and he shares the spiritual principles that have turned his life from one of defeat to a life of success and happiness. Guy is 
the Minister of Unity of Beaverton, Oregon, and he's also the president and founder of the Association of Practical Christians, and he's the host of the Practical Christian radio program that you can find on the Internet, and that will be coming back on the air after the turn of the year. You can go to Guy's website, www.practicalchristians, that's with an S, dot org, and also look up the Practical Christians page on Facebook, and you can also learn about him at unityofbeaverton.org. So, um, Guy, before the break, we were talking about spiritual principle, and that certainly has an impact on this, uh, this idea of from darkness to light. And uh, we're, we're focusing uh, specifically today on the Christmas story, although, again, certainly, as I mentioned, the other holidays of Kwanzaa and Hanukkah also have to do with light. Different cultural contexts, but still about the return of the light. So um, tell us about the Christmas story. You say that the Christmas story, uh, we like it because it, it all, everything started out in a mess. How's that? Well, I mean... You- you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta think this story through. I mean, you know, if you, if you, if you just go to the story of, uh, Joseph and Mary headed for the census, um, so, okay, so, um, they're headed for Bethlehem. She's nine months pregnant with a baby that's not his. Um, wow, you know, think about how people talked about the old, uh, around the old water well, uh, about that couple. Um, you know, and it's supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, what was the explanation that she would have given Joseph? Hey, this is of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure Joseph's response was something like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, so, you know, they were working through some really serious issues there. So so then, so they go to, to Bethlehem, and this dysfunctional family has to stay in a barn because there's no room anywhere. And then, you know, who come to visit, you know, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not royalty and it's not celebrities and politicians, but after the baby is born, who shows up but, you know, the, the dirty, smelly old shepherds who had no hallucination that the baby was special. Uh, so, you know, it, it, A&E never had a reality show like that, Anna. Uh, you know, so, you know, I mean, we, we've got a lot of stuff going there. Now, what I tell my uh, my congregation, and, uh, and I'm sure you say similar things yourself, and that is that, you know, when you're reading the Bible, uh, you really shouldn't read it for history, uh, because the history can, you know, there can be some real flaws with that, you know, some of the dates are wrong, the chronologies are wrong, some of the events really didn't take place, etc. You don't read it for that. You don't, and, and unless you're wanting to become a minister or a scholar, you don't, you don't read it for theology either. The best way to read the Bible is to recognize that every story, event, and person is a part of your consciousness that you're working through in your own life. So I don't know about you, Anna, but I've had many times in my life where my life has been a mess. Now, you know, with a life like yours, I'm pretty sure that you've just gone from one really <laughs> glorious moment to the next glorious moment. Absolutely. Um, but, That's no. how it's been. Right? Everybody goes through these dark moments, and we're all bumping around searching for the light. And so if you read this story, you know, and you're reading it in terms of your own consciousness, basically you can relate, because what do we have in the story so far? A big mess. Um, and it's it, you know Christmas just just is born that Christmas story is born out of scandal and messiness, but it's out of that messiness that we discover something being born within us 
which is that Christ light, or, as, as unity likes to put it, the perfect God idea of who you are, the Christ within you. That's how that light comes forth. But it doesn't come forth out of everything really going great. And by the way, it doesn't come forth in royalty. It doesn't come forth in, in people of high power. It comes forth in people of humility. So this is the lowest part of yourself, the part that, that you just look at and you go, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get beyond this. The Christmas story is about that hope that not only are you going to get beyond this, but something so glorious is going to be born out of it that you're going to be moving out of that darkness into the light. Uh, I mean, we, and, and how will you recognize it? You'll recognize it with a sense of peace, it seems to me. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of my initial take on it anyway, is that, is that the, the Christmas story is about moving from messiness into order and darkness into light. It's, a, it's the, the perfect metaphor for it all, and solstice is the perfect time of year for it. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, tell us some more about the individual characters and um, spiritually maybe what they could symbolize in us, the different people in this story. Good question. I, you know, I think that, I think that Joseph, um, you know, if, right from the beginning, even as he's told, oh, you know, Mary's with child, uh, you know, his, his first uh, uh, initial uh, idea was, okay, well, I don't want to bring shame on her family. I mean, this is a guy who controlled her life at this point because, you know, by Deuteronomic law, um, you know, she would have been stoned to death. Um, so, I mean, he, or if he said, if he said so, she could be sown to death, but he didn't want to go down that route. He didn't want to do that. So we automatically have in the character of Joseph, uh, someone who tends towards compassion over revenge, tends towards love as opposed to, as opposed to, uh, jealousies or, or bitterness. Instead, he resolves to divorce her quietly, you know, so that the shame is not upon her and the shame is not upon her family. He's going to do this in the most peaceful way possible. And that's that part of us that, that when we're faced with these, these awful, messy things in our life where, where, oh gosh, it's so easy to look at another individual and blame them. It's your fault and I'm going to hold on to this for the rest of my life. This is the part that of us, it has a forgiveness aspect to it, where we can release it and let it go. And, and maybe we need to set a boundary, like this doesn't need to be in our lives anymore. Um, you know, and that's a good recovery principle, isn't it? That you know, just because you love someone doesn't mean you have to bail them out of jail. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't keep your boundary and say keep your distance. Uh, it, means that, it means that, no, you're still operating out of that that position of compassion and doing it in the gentlest way that you possibly can, given the moment. Mm-hmm. And then he's open and receptive to a new idea that comes to him in a dream that says, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you, yeah, I mean, if, what, you know, to look at it practically, like if you're in a relationship in real life, you know, you might look at it and go, well, do I still love this person? Do I still want to be with this person? Does this event, this awful looking event, going to keep me from pursuing something that I've seen all the way up until now as something really good in my life. And he comes to some kind of different conclusion. That's that part of us that's open and receptive to a new way of looking at life. So Joseph is a, a main part of the story for me. Mary, obviously, is the focal point of it all. 
because she's open and receptive to the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God in action. And the only way God can take an action is if something is birthed at least as an idea in our consciousness. We can't move forward with some uh, new improved life until it is born as an idea in our consciousness. Um, And, you know, uh, again, that is born in humble circumstances. It's not born in a grand hotel. It's not born in a hospital. It's born instead of in a barn stall. Uh, so, you know, again, it's out of that messiness that something, something really great comes forth. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, the, the shepherds, you know, all yeah. those smelly thoughts that we have in our lives uh, that, that, you know, they're still the ones that are pointing out, hey, there's, there's something more here than what you realize. So, I mean, that's a, that's a real quick um, uh, interpretation of that story, but you follow me, I think. Yeah, you know, and truly it does uh, really make me think about the recovery process because, uh, as we all know, that most, I don't think hardly anybody uh, showed up in recovery because things were going well, that uh, mm-hmm. we all show up in, in whatever kind of recovery we're in. Um, because it is so messy, and because somewhere in all the midst of that mess, as you're talking about, there was a divine idea, there was some kind of intuition, there was something that got us engaged in a different idea about ourselves and about our lives, and uh, sparked exactly. you know a whole different a whole different take. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly right. Exactly right. Recovery is good. Uh, you know, uh, from that standpoint, you know, regardless of how people view God as a higher power or or a higher thought or the meeting itself or anything like that, uh, you know, the, it, it's it's just that idea that I can show up as myself. Uh, I can show up, you know, I, I, this is a definition of the Christ uh, for Guy Lynch. Uh, the Christ is my authentic self. It's my, you know, the, the people that I gravitate to, the people that, that I want to be around are always the people that seem more real to me, that they're not putting on a mask, they're just who they are. Um, and, you know, to me, that's the Christ really expressing because it makes me want to gravitate to them. Wants me, wants, it makes me want to be closer to them. And so then it inspires me to allow that Christ, my real authentic self, uh, to come uh, from within me and to be expressed outward. Um, that, that part of me that's unique, you know, the, we tend to think of the Christ as a one-size-fits-all concept, but in truth, the expression of that Christ is as unique as there are individuals on this earth. I mean, the snowflake is no better metaphor uh, than, than, than this, you know, that each snowflake is unique and different. It is the same thing with all of God's creations. You know, there's, there's, there, everyone expresses this in such a unique way. And that's where we can embrace the inclusiveness, isn't it? That's where we can embrace, oh, it's the difference that we need to worship because that's the Christ expressing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know that um, in this part of this Christmas story, there were some glamorous people that showed up in one version of this story. Those right. people that came from the East. So, what what do they, does wise men symbolize within us? Well, I, I tend to go with these are the people that represent uh, uh, good discernment, good judgment. 
um, you know, from a historical aspect, uh, they they were astrologers, um, and it wasn't unusual. Well, I shouldn't say it wasn't unusual. There were definitely instances where astrologers would follow the stars of the sky because they they felt that the star represented uh, an angel for some great person. So if they they went in that direction, they would find that great person. That's how this whole story uh, was kind of born, was, oh, there's this huge star in the east, therefore something really special is going on over here. But also for the wise men. Now, you know, I can't talk about the wise men without talking about Herod. Okay. And Herod, one of the most, actually an historic king, one of the most ruthless people that we've ever known, uh, you know, it was said during his time that it was better to be Herod's uh, uh, pig than it was to be Herod's son, uh, because um, Herod uh, asked the Romans, uh, he wanted to be king of the Jews, they made him king of the Jews, he didn't eat pork, um, so the pigs were safe, but he would kill his son if he felt his son was a rival. And he killed. He did kill his son. He killed his own mother as well. So I mean, you know, this is one of the most ruthless people. So there's a part. And guess what? Herod's a part of our consciousness too. You know, sometimes I, I've heard it said there was a, a great unity minister that once said, you know, are people safe walking down the streets of your mind? Um, and <laughs> I don't know about you, but every once in a while, somebody's not necessarily safe walking down the streets of my mind. Mm-hmm. If I if I have certain feelings about them, or I feel like their behavior is is not uh, something uh, that that I like, uh, so you know, there's a Herod part of my consciousness that's mitigated by the wise men of my consciousness that can discern that there's a problem here, and therefore they don't. Uh, come back as Herod implores them to come back and tell him where the baby is so he can come worship the baby too, which of course was total, uh, you know, a total lie, and they discerned that. So rather than coming back to Herod, they, it said at the end, uh, they went home by another way. Um, and uh, they went uh, to, uh, to, to Jesus, the baby Jesus, uh, and brought uh, their very symbolic gifts of uh, frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Mm-hmm. And tell us about those. What are the what uh, what are those in our lives? Those gifts that they brought. Well, symbolically, you know, I, I would go here. Frankincense and myrrh are um, uh, fragrances. Uh, frankincense, uh, even in traditional Christianity, frankincense is related to uh, our thoughts. And, uh, you know, the, the, the deepness of our spiritual thoughts. Myrrh was used for embalming, and so it represents that spirit of eternity. And then of gold, gold, of course, is a very obvious one that represents the, the abundance of life. Uh, that, uh, and so symbolically these gifts were, were there to, not only as, as physical gifts, but there to inspire um, the, the lifting up and higher consciousness of the individual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And certainly, uh, again, in the recovery process, that's what happens. That's the, the whole idea. You know, in recovery, it's, it's not just about uh, stopping some uh, behavior that's addictive, but it's about developing oneself spiritually, about continuing uh, in the spiritual development. And in the 12-step programs, that's certainly a key factor in it is to continue to, well, to spiritually develop. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes, and also I would say that the, the wise men really uh, had a recovery um, principle 
in mind when uh, they were able to discern that Herod was up to no good. Uh, and they were able to set a boundary with that. We have internal boundaries with ourselves, like, okay, we may have uh, malicious thoughts, but that doesn't mean we take malicious thoughts and, and, and turn them into actual outside behavior. Uh, and we do the same with other people. We may set boundaries with other people and, and say, okay, um, you can go this far, but not this far. And again, you know, you may or may not want to bail uh, uh, your your uh, your son out of out of uh, jail after he's got a DUI. You may say the most loving thing I can do is allow him to suffer the consequences of his actions, and then guide him towards recovery uh, and 12 steps, um, uh, even in that process. Uh, so, you know, I think that's that discernment uh, that the wise men. Uh, for me, really represent discernment and judgment. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love that. Um, the, they also took the child to Egypt. Just give us a brief idea about that. So after all these things that happened, <laughs> well, you're you're just you're just rapidly going down that unity road. Uh, That's right. You know, the, <laughs> you know the, that uh, you know Egypt. Egypt is that, in, in unity terms, uh, you go down into Egypt, you're going down into sense consciousness, you're going down into a lower consciousness. Um, so, you know, I, uh, we both learned that in school, didn't we, Anna? We did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so, uh, so the road isn't always so straight, maybe. That's it. It's kind of so that's right. Well, that's it. Yeah. It's time for our break. Uh, listeners, stay with us. We're okay. talking about um, the Christmas story here. We're talking about From Darkness to Light and celebrating the return of the light with my guest, Sky Lynch. We'll be right back. Now and then, life is challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature, rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, Every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with us today. And my guest is Guy Lynch. We're talking about spirituality for the holiday, celebrating the return of light. And we have uh, we know that there's several winter holidays, Kwanzaa, um, Hanukkah, and Christmas. And they have different cultural contexts, but they're all related to light and to tied into this um, uh, experience that we have in our wonderful, beautiful Mother Earth here of the winter solstice and this longest night giving way to the return of the light. And so um, uh, Guy is the uh, Minister of Unity of Beaverton, Oregon. He's the president and founder of the Association of Practical Christians and the host of the Practical Christian Radio Program, which is on the Internet. You can find out about Guy's work on www.practicalchristians, that's with an S, .org, and on that Facebook page and on the unityofbeaverton.org website. So, um, Guy, we're talking about this Christmas story and about the meanings um, of the characters in it. And uh, certainly part of the uh, proclamation in the, in the Gospels when Jesus was the anticipation of his birth is that whole, whole idea about the people that have lived in darkness have seen a great light. And this shows up in another powerful place um, in the Gospel of John, which isn't the birth story, but it's another context. And I know this is a favorite uh, scripture of yours. So tell us about that. Well, I'm just so grateful that you're going to allow me to talk about it, quite frankly, because this is this was an epiphany that I had, oh, I guess a few years after I graduated from Unity School. Uh, and, you know, I kept rereading this passage, and it's one of the most beautiful passages, I think, in the Gospels. Um, but uh, something happened, I uh, did a little bit of study, and when I did that, uh, there was an interpretation that came in that um, just uh, changed everything for me. It was just this whole awakening for me. So what I'd like to do, Anna, with your permission, is this is five verses, the first five verses of the Gospel according to John, and I'm going to read it. Uh, I'm just going to read those five uh, verses and then go back and uh, talk about um, something very specific and then reread it again uh, a little differently. Okay. So, uh, so this, is, this is how it goes. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, again, you know, that, it, it always hit me that, gosh, that's gorgeous, that's beautiful. You know, it's just written so well. And the and the uh, the logic that followed from each part of it, but it didn't. You know, I couldn't translate it practically into my life at all. So you know, I, I, when you look at this, uh, when you study it, one of the things that stands out is the word word W O R D. Now, the Gospels were written. Uh, I mean, the the transcripts of the Gospels were are were in Greek, are in Greek. And so the word, or the word word in Greek, was logos. Logos basically is, um, you know, word, speech. Uh, it's a, a um, kind of a technical term in philosophy, uh, uh, a, uh, an opinion, an expectation, 
Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, it's used here to describe uh, the Messiah according to traditional Christianity. But when you look at this word logos, um, there was a, a, um, a Hellenistic, uh, well, let me just say a Greek Jewish philosopher by the name of Philo, who lived uh, from 20 BC to 50 AD, and it was, it was his interpretation that John had to be using here, and he uh, divided the word into to two different things. There's one part of logos is the uttered word, the word that we speak, and the other part of logos is the word remaining within. Well, a word that's unspoken and remains within, what do we have there? I would contend that what you have there, any word that's unspoken is, is just an idea in your mind. Mm-hmm. So when I got that, I reread this. And I'm going to reread it to you now, changing logos. Okay. So here it comes. In the beginning was the idea. And the idea was with God. And the idea was God. The idea was in the beginning with God. All things were made through the idea. And without the idea was not anything made that was made. And the idea was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Wow. Mm. I know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I read that, with that with, just with that replacement, my head exploded. It was just, I was on fire. Because the next thing that happened, Anna, and you'll recognize this, in unity, but, you know, for, for, for our listeners, uh, you know, the, the, if anybody asks you if, if uh, unity believes in the Trinity, uh, the answer is we believe in more Trinities than anyone. Um, if we can't talk about it, in, if we can't talk about it in threes, we really don't want to talk about it. Um, but one of the trinities that you and uh, we know as the metaphysical trinity. Um, but I have a tendency now to call it something different as a result of this. I call it the creative trinity, hmm. and that trinity is mind, idea, expression. There is not a single thing built in this world that does not begin with an idea in mind. That that is the proper order, that you have to begin with an idea in mind before you take action to bring it into expression. And so that's that idea. It doesn't matter whether it's bringing something into physical form or or bringing a behavior into the physicality of the world. It has to begin with an idea in mind. And when you have that idea in mind, you can make the internal changes, and that is the light then that you can shine out in the world into the darkness of our society, which, let's face it, our society can get really dark sometimes. But that light, your light, can shine in that darkness, and that darkness cannot overcome it, cannot do it, will not do it. Which basically says to me that... If I allow my light to shine, nothing can stop me. Nothing can hold me back. Nothing can keep me from doing what is mine to do as 
as it's delivered through my mind by the, from the universal mind that is God. Is this making any sense yet? Absolutely. Yeah, that's powerful. It yes. is powerful, and it's the most powerful thing that's happened to me to date, frankly. You know, that was, that was one of those real uh, moments of clarity for me that says, oh, I am more than what I think I am. Mm-hmm. And all I have to do is change my idea about who I am in order to bring it fully into expression. Absolutely, and that's so much of what the whole spirituality of recovery is about. That's exactly the basis of it, what you're describing. Is, and is it begins with a mess. Begins with what? It begins with a mess. Absolutely, yes it does. Yes. <laughs> you know, once you make it to the meeting, then you can start to formulate a different idea of who you are than what you've been manifesting and let your light shine. You know, the other thing that stands out to me um, in what you're Mm -hmm. saying, Guy, is how substantive and how strong the light is. And that's so important to remember um, because in our own lives, uh, as, as we're recovering or, as you say, in the world when things, you know, can look pretty bleak, we can be deluded and think, well, my goodness, you know, the the... We're all going to be sort of swallowed up in the darkness, or I'm going to goof up or whatever. Talk some more about the substantiveness of the light and how that's so, I mean, that is the power. The, the darkness is just the absence of the light. What do you, well, I mean, the, you know, the, the metaphor that everybody uses is, is the one, you know, just because it's a cloudy day doesn't mean the sun's not shining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we are easily distracted by life, and we're easily distracted by the clouds of our life. Um, you know, it just can look very, very bleak when the the checkbook isn't uh, doesn't have the amounts in it that you that you really need. You can't quite pay your bills. It can look very bleak. The clouds are there. Does that mean that abundance is not there? No. It means that uh, you know we haven't shined our light on the principle that we really need to be in alignment with to manifest abundance in our lives. Uh, same thing, you know, with, with health. You know, the, the great thing about humanity is we continue to evolve towards better and better health. Our longevity now is certainly greater than Jesus ever had time to think about. You know, we, we live longer now. Why? Because we understand the processes of health better. Do we understand them completely? Absolutely not. Uh, but, you know, the fact that you're sick doesn't mean that there's not wholeness in you waiting to be expressed in one way or another. And it doesn't have to be expressed as, oh, um, you know, I'm a paralyzed person, I have to pop out of my wheelchair. What it can be expressed as, it can be expressed as the wheelchair itself because a wheelchair was an idea in someone's mind that says that disabled people can transport themselves. And now we've got motorized scooters and everything else that help people to do things like that. So we continue to evolve. You know, are we at at a perfect process yet? No, we we are not there. But we continue to – I believe in spiritual evolution. I believe that we can recognize these principles to, to an absolute completion. Uh, I don't know that we're going to get there in my lifetime, but I believe that that process is on its way. That's my belief system. You don't have to believe this. This is just what Guy Lynch thinks. Right. And that's, I mean, that's incredible because as we, uh, again, 
get that idea of ourselves as divinity and keep acting on it in all those places, what it does is it keeps us going forward. And indeed, you know, we do progress for sure. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter whether I have wealth or, or I'm in poverty. It doesn't matter whether I'm in relationship or I'm not in relationship. You know, it, this gives us the opportunity to stop judging ourselves on all the outward appearances that there are in life. Mm-hmm. You know, this is to recognize the light that we have within and that we're going to express in our unique way, not as the world sees it, but as we see it, as we recognize it, and as we live it. Guy, thank you so much for being my guest today. We're at the end of our time. My guest is Guy Lynch. He's a unity minister, the president and founder of the Association of Practical Christians, practicalchristians.org, and um, he has been certainly celebrating with us uh, the return of the light and the divine idea of who we are. Thank you for being with it, us It was today. my honor, uh, Anna. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. And, and thank you all for listening, and many uh, blessings to you in these holidays, and know truly that you are the very light of God shining, and that uh, that light is strong and bright. God bless. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. The base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Rev. Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity.
Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They share Unity's classic teachings. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings. Follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine these foundational teachings through the works of Unity authors past and present. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify. 